what it is. How's it going, everybody? Today, we're going to be talking about Euphoria Season 2 on HBO and HBO Max. We're going to be talking about all the things. We're going to be talking about the kids, the drugs, the mayhem, Cassie. We're going to talk about all of them. So sit back, relax, grab a beverage, grab a snack, and listen on in on The First Ones to Die. Someone's dog is tripping in my hallway right now. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everyone. Welcome to the First Ones to Die podcast. My name is Jonathan. I'm here with Alex and Jerome. Alex and Jerome, how y'all doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How you doing, Jerome? I'm all right. Chilling. Yo, for real. Like... (laughs) There's a dog. The someone's dog is just hallway. going crazy in the hallway oh, right someone's now. Someone's dog. Yeah, uh, someone's dog. Are you, what are you, are you doing? Is, is it cat dancing? Is barking, it barking? Just barking at nothing. I don't hear anybody else out there, but I guess the dog. So he's they're probably barking all the in other, their apartment. He's calling just being all loud. the other dogs. He's like, "Hey, are you dog? I'm dog. <laughs> How you doing, Jonathan? How's your week? I'm good. I'm good. Um, you know, had my last day." at to my old job onto a new job next week so excited exciting stuff nice so i'm going to take over real quick because there was something on last week we rushed to our episode nearing the end because i did have a job interview and these guys lovely guys allowed me to kind of they, they went through really fast for the end for me i appreciate that but there was something i wanted to bring up before we talk about today's episode and it's something important and i think it needs to be addressed how the fuck does Jonathan able to stop in the middle bit middle of an episode and walk away? You told us you were you're you're able to pause the show in the middle of an episode and come back to it like later. Oh. Like a day later. And I'm that's I refuse to let that go. I've held on to it. I thought you were talking about in the middle of our episode. Like, no, no, I would no, no, just no. walk away You're while able we're recording to watch podcast. a TV show or a movie. Or <laughs> stop in the middle of it and, like, even come back, like, the next... How? Like, audience, how? Audience, we'll put up a poll. Follow us no, at no. The First Ones to I Die. I want to know what's wrong with you. <laughs> Let me know if you can stop a show in the middle of watching it pause it for a few minutes, get something to eat, go to the kitchen. Like no, that's a normal not the way you said it. No, that's not how you phrased it. You could stop and just like, like stop an episode in the middle and then just walk away and like, you know, go to sleep that next night. Like that night, come yeah. back oh, later absolutely. some other day. I can tell she's talking how about. Can, how do you stop like, like, how do you not finish the episode and then like go to sleep? How do you like stop it and then like go to sleep? Like Because maybe sometimes I'm like, Oh dang! It's midnight. I need to be up at six a.m. I got a presentation tomorrow. I got a job interview tomorrow. If I, it, it could either be my livelihood or it could be this last few minutes of euphoria. So I pick and choose my battles. Okay. I've never had somebody choose their livelihood. <laughs> you can't look at me and tell me you first and be like, "Oh yeah, no, I stayed up." Till 4 a.m. to finish that show. Or or it's like, dang, I got to be on the podcast at 6.30, but I'm in the middle of this Love is Blind reunion. So I got to pause, which I actually finished. I did finish before the podcast. 
Okay. And it was messy. And I was like, we're going to stop it. You're, I want you to finish it. <laughs> want you to go finish that episode. <laughs> it, it still amazes me that. And I was like, that needs to be. I said we were coming back to it. I wanted to come back to it. And what sorcery you are able to do to do such a thing. <laughs> black, but black magic is this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, speaking of shows, I've been uh, watching. Uh, I've, and by the way, congrats on the. Oh yes, the, actually um, yes. Congratulations on getting because she forgot That's she didn't oh, mention yeah. that she she aced she she got the job. So I did get the job. Congrats! It's the same work that I'm doing, but hell of a lot more money. So that is just great. I am super excited for that. Just more money. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Buying a real apartment soon. Um, <laughs> thank you guys, and I do appreciate working with me so well in the last episode. You guys mm-hmm. really like were able to just like pack it out in the end. We're like, all right, let's go. <laughs> Uh, what show were you watching, Drew? I've uh, been watching a few shows. I've been uh, keeping up with Bel Air. It's been uh, pretty all right. I don't know if I'm going to do a mini review for it or not yet. Um, but it's all right. Uh, they finally, finally are getting into some original stuff that's like not. I honestly can be like, there I is heard no Michael Fresh Ely episode of got introduced. He is in it. He's creepy. <laughs> Well, not creepy. It's more that it's just like, and I, I, I'm hoping they're gonna subvert tropes. But he's clearly like that character. You, you know how there's like, when you have a hot mom character, there has to be the guy who's clearly also pining for her, despite the fact that she's also married. That's Michael Ely's character. Is yeah. he's an he's an art guy who's like, hey Vivian, how you doing? Your art's amazing. Like, that's how he talks the whole show. There is never a time where he's just like, hey, what's going on? How you doing, brother? Everything is, wow, this is incredible. You should share your art with the Sounds world. Sounds like he's talking in the NPR voice. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I mean by creepy. It's like, yo, are you trying to run game with every person you talk to in this show? Like, what is happening? <laughs> um, but that being said, though, it's it's getting good. It's, it's getting good. Um uh, also, uh, I finished, watched and finished Reacher on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's hilarious, uh, unintentionally so, because <laughs> it's an action show. But it's just hilarious in that, like, uh, the main actor, Alan Richson, I think is how you pronounce his last name. He's, like, huge in the show. <laughs> so there's just multiple moments where he'll just, like, talk to people, but because of his size, like you're like, ain't no one going to challenge him. Like there's a one scene where he's like, there's this dog chained up in the yard uh, of this dude. He's just walking by and he's like, Hey, that dog's chained up in the yard and he needs water. So he just like gets some water for the dog. And then the owner comes out and he's like, Hey, what are you doing in my yard? He's like feeding your, you know, water, uh, giving your dog some water. And he, and uh, <laughs> I forget what he says, but I think he's like, or yeah, he's like, I take care of my dog. And Reacher's like, no, you don't. And he's like, you calling me a liar? And he just legit stands up and just looks at him like, yes. And that dude's like, all right, well, <laughs> like, he doesn't do anything. He just sits there and takes that. And I'm like, if I had a dude that size coming to my yard, feeding my like, water and my dog, I, I don't think I'd challenge him either. I'd be like, nope, you know what? I, I don't uh, wish to have an ass whooping today, so. <laughs> That's fair. Fun fact, he actually auditioned for American Idol as well and really? made it to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But then so I think got sing. cut at Hollywood. Yeah, he's a singer. I, 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 the only reason I know this is because I was watching the Today Show and he was interviewed and uh, he sang to, to Hoda and Jenna. 
Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they showed a clip of him auditioning uh, for American Idol. Uh, but, I but know yeah. he was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. He was. I think he played Raphael, I think. Uh, he played one that, of them. He played one of them. And I just remember <laughs> that being such terrible. He did play Raphael. That was yeah. a terrible. <laughs> well, terrible speaking, speaking of things that are not terrible, we have our episode that we're or we have our show, rather, that we're reviewing today. Mm-hmm. It is Euphoria Season 2 of Euphoria. Here. Streaming now on HBO and HBO Max. Season 2 just ended last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have not heard of Euphoria, first of all, get up from under your rock. Second of all... Yeah, it's even bigger uh, this year than it was the, when the first season came out. Exactly, exactly. And you've had time to catch up on it because it's, it's been out for since 2019. Uh, so Euphoria takes a look at life for a group of high school students as they grapple with issues of drugs, sex, and violence. So it's created by Sam Levinson, uh, who's also, I guess, uh, the the show runner, I, I guess. He is. He's the show runner as well. Okay. Uh, stars Emmy Award winner Zendaya. Uh, and a whole bunch of other people as well. A whole a talented group of group Very of people. I didn't mean to, 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 to say that like Zendaya. Zendaya, you know, other and, you people. Know, the rest of them bastards. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. There's a talented group of actors. Um, so if you have not listened to our reviews in the past, well, welcome, first of all, to the podcast. We, we hope you, you stay. Welcome to the fam. And secondly, first, we go over our overall thoughts, non-spoilers, so we won't talk about spoilers or details in this portion, and then we'll go into spoilers and give a warning before we do. So, who wants to start? Who wants to give their thoughts on Euphoria Season 2? I'll start. And I guess uh, a little bit of Season 1. Go ahead. I guess a little bit of Season 1, because we didn't do a Season 1 review. So, so just, yeah. Your thoughts so far on Euphoria. You're deep, brother. I don't even remember all of Season 1. Yeah, I don't don't recall Season (laughs) 1. Hold on. Like, from what I can remember, honestly, Season 1 was all right. I think... the biggest thing was just... A lot of season ones of things are like just building up the characters. And season yeah. twos are really where you get to feel of what they've done, who they developed in. Because you already know who these characters are. You know what they're capable of. And then seeing if, you know, they go past your expectations of what they built in season one. Um, for season two, I in- I enjoyed it a lot. Especially nearing the ending. It got really good because it was kind of like all that collateral damage that has happened... It was like train wreck. That's what it was. It was a train wreck. <laughs> but it was more so like you saw all the trains heading towards one thing and you finally got to see the implosion or the explosion. That's kind of was in a in a good way. In a good way. Um, there were just a lot of great acting in season two. I felt like everybody really was like committed to showing their character as who they were. Um, and just trying to not just do any spoilers, but in the end, it was just that I enjoyed it. And there were just moments where left it left me speechless. Like I was watching it with my mouth open going, holy shit, this is good. Which is surprising because I'm not really like, I don't really enjoy drama shows like that so much. Um, ones that are taken like very seriously. Um, but this was just, it was so good. Well done acting, well done writing. And 
You know, I didn't have too many issues with it. The only thought I ever thought when I was watching is, where the hell are all the parents? Where are the adults? They don't exist. They're Charlie Brown parents. Where's like okay? a teacher? Like a single teacher <laughs> no, in that school? No, they don't exist either. <laughs> yeah. So like, I was like, okay, like, I mean, like, my mom worked a lot, but like, I still saw her. <laughs> I still knew of her presence. I could remember a teacher seeing in high school. Nobody. And also how nobody got dress coded at the school. <laughs> or why. I never understood. I get, I get why writers or why some creators think like, oh, if kids could wear, they would wear these type of shoes. No, I've never seen a high schooler want to wear stiletto heels ever. No woman really wants to wear them. Those are business shoes for, you know, get your money. Those hurt. You know how much your feet hurt just from walking in normal shoes all day? You're going to try to put them in heels? Like, no. Most of you are like, I just need something that I don't fall in. Because no high schoolers balance well enough, honestly. We're still working our shit out up there. But, um, other than that, like, I really enjoyed the show. I thought it was really good. And I, I'm excited to talk about it. What about you guys? Same. I really enjoyed Season two in particular, I think I enjoyed season two more than season one. There's probably more standout moments from season one that I enjoyed versus season two. Season two was just like a lot. There, There's not too much to kind of pinpoint uh, except for some of the plot points that were just heightened. Um, but I, I enjoyed season one as well. I, I just think I enjoyed season two a little bit more. Euphoria is an interesting one for me because when I'm watching the show, I am in it. I am invested in it. I'm on the edge of my seat with all of these characters. But then when I actually start to think about it after I've watched the episode, after I've closed out of my HBO Max app i start to critique it a lot more than uh what i'm critiquing what i'm critiquing about the show when i'm actually in it and watching it it's that type of show where they make you believe everything that's going on when you're in the show but then when you're out of it you're like wait this doesn't make sense this doesn't make sense why did they make this this decision and especially since i've i've been listening to like people podcast and recap about the show because obviously it's it's a highly talked about show right now so everybody's talking about it and the discourse between people and talking about it talking through some of these certain plot points talking through some of these certain character decisions uh it really you really have to ask yourself why are they making these decisions not only um creative wise like plot wise but why are these characters making these specific decisions um so that's where some of my critique of the show comes um i know sam levins has gotten a lot of heat (laughs) this season (laughs) Um, so i don't necessarily want to add to that but i will you know voice some of my critiques throughout the spoiler section uh, of the episode um yeah i think i think i like season one of this show a, a bit better than season two um that being said, season two is pretty good. It's um, got a lot of great um, performances from everybody. I think everyone's given 110% um, in this show, acting-wise. Uh, I think the cinematography 
Now, I will give you that. Cinematography on season two is way better than season one. Like, they they went the extra mile to do some just incredible stuff. There's parts of this show where I'm like, this is just an art piece in and of itself. There's no dialogue and I don't need any. Like, this, <laughs> all I need to do, I, all I want to do is look at the screen. So, it's like. And they were on film this season. They're always on film. They're filmed season one, too. Oh, were they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they like, but it's like in this in this season, it's more. Uh, and they said this in a behind the scenes thing. Uh, you know, they do the behind the scenes after every episode. Um, they said they wanted to go for a different feel this time around, so they wanted to do less like dreamy sequences and colors and stuff like that. You know, like how in season one you have the the scene where Zendaya's <laughs> crying glitter, stuff like that. Like. This time, this time around, they were like, "We want to be more down to earth and realistic." So you can tell, you can see that film grain a lot more in season two than you could in season one. Um, that being said, though, story wise and plot wise is why I say I like season one better. It just feels like it's kind of more cohesive. Everything kind of ties up very well. Um, it doesn't feel like I'm just kind of left in the dust. And we'll get into more of that in the spoiler section um, with certain things. Um, and it's, yeah. And, and on top of that, uh, as much as I love the cinematography of season two, I feel like there are, there's a lot of dedication to artistic vision and artistic look, but without it, without there being substance behind it, past just we want to do something that looks really neat and cool. Um, versus season one, it feels like they were doing that, but with a purpose. So. That's those are that's my thoughts overall. I still love the show. I am excited for season three. Um, I'm glad they got greenlit for season three. So I'm excited to see that'll, what that is. According to be Zendaya, on HBO, that'll be on HBO in about um, seven years. Yeah, two years. I think, I think that's what they said. You get two years. <laughs> Zendaya was like, yeah, it's like, I can't believe we're now on the road to Euphoria season three. That won't come out till 2024. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> um but, but I get it. They need to stop telling as, people. Right. At least we won't have to wait as long, though. I but mean, I get it. I mean, editing shit. film is hard. And you're talking about editing, like, one hour long episodes on film. The editing process alone is going to take, like, at least two, three, four months. And that's not including filming and scheduling and, you know, all the other things. So I get it. Makes sense. That's the that's the downside of making your show on film. Atlanta has the same problem too, where Atlanta films uh is filmed on film. So the editing process for film is way slower than editing for just like on uh digital. Is Atlanta still going? Sorry, yeah, their season it's three is gonna be coming soon. out soon. Um I'm excited. It's only in season three? Yeah, they were on a hiatus for a long time. Okay, I think that's Donald Glover was, was like- busy. Doing some, doing other stuff. Oh, okay. Then that makes more sense. Because I was like, I feel like it's been on for quite some time. But okay, if it was on hiatus. Mm-hmm. Um, getting those into are my spoilers thoughts. Part. You know, so. Uh, before we get into spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, oh, if you enjoyed this review. Because, uh, you know, for those of you who haven't finished Euphoria Season 2, we are about to spoil the whole show. So okay. just know that. But if you have enjoyed our little uh, general thoughts and you want to, a uh, you know, n- see more. Check out The First Ones to Die on all the places you can find the podcast and on the YouTube channel. You can listen to our other episodes. Watch Euphoria, then come back and finish watching this one. And, uh, you know, and if you do like what we do, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Give us five stars on the podcast apps. All that good stuff. Five stars would help us out immensely. It would help Mm -hmm. 
other people find our stuff. So, you know, no no pressure, but we would we would love those five stars. <laughs> Are we just gonna blow past the fact that Jerome started singing a little bit there? Was I? <laughs> A little bit. All right. So, okay. So we are going to. Yes. Give us five stars. Leave us a review. And, you know, word of mouth. Never hurts. Yes. Uh, now. Jonathan, go ahead. You you said you had some critiques. So so what's uh, what's your thoughts on Euphoria I do. Season 2? Well, Un- my, Unbound. Some of my critiques, listeners have probably already heard from, if you are on the Twitterverse, you've probably already seen some of what I've about some of what I'm about to say. Um but some of the storylines. Okay, can we talk about we have a cast of of all of these young people, uh two of which got killed off this season. Okay, it Who's wasn't the just second. No, it was it it was not, and I'm not neither of those are Ashtray because rest in peace, Ashtray. Oh, okay. We'll get to him later. I see what you mean. Okay. But rest in peace to McKay. Okay, he got killed off. Rest in peace to Kat. She got killed off. Kat did not or, get killed off. She's on the show. You know, she's no, just got a minor storyline. <laughs> no, she might as well be. What's the point? What is the point of her being on now, if she ain't gonna do nothing? I did substantial? read a news story where Barbie uh Fiera, is that how you pronounce her last name? Mm-hmm. Um Fiera. she did say that she's like uh despite what people have been saying behind the scenes, she does not have no ill will towards Sam Levinson or the show Euphoria. And she's like one of those things where she's like there, she's like, she appreciated that her character had a kind of more silent um, storyline going on this season, but she would hope next season that we get to explore more about her fantasy stuff. But she was like, I was already prepared for her and Kat and Ethan's relationship to disintegrate. So I, I also, I also you know. read a little bit of that, that interview. And she said that things were blown out of proportion. If you haven't yeah. heard, there was this whole um, kind of story going around that Barbie Fiera, she walked off the set twice and she was upset about where her character was going, which, if it's true, she has a right to be because they gave her nothing, not even a crumb, okay, this this season. And I didn't notice it until about midway through the season where she How was could you basically not? I already was like, okay, so we just not having Kat in the show now? <laughs> well, she had a huge plot line in season one. She's just not even around. <laughs> Well, midway through the season, okay, she, there is always potential for something to go somewhere. But when you recognize that she says the same lines in every single episode, then you realize that the storyline is not going anywhere. And on the topic of McKay, shows up in episode one, never Mm -hmm. to be seen again. Pour one out to McKay because... They sent him off to college, and that could have been something. Even though they use the, ex- even though you know some people use the excuse of he's not in high school anymore, so why does he need to be hanging that around was these my high school kids? Too was I was like he's not in high school anymore, and I don't think any of those kids in high school that he knew, including Nate, were really his friends. It's just people you hang out with because you're in high yeah. school, right? But right, but neither is Rue's mom. She's not in high school. Nate's dad. Okay, but she's the mom of the main character. That's different. Like, McKay is just a kid that goes to this school. He's not dating Cassie anymore. He's not friends with Nate. So he has no connection to this group of people anymore. And honestly, these group of people were turned to terrible. So why would you want to say that? That's true. He was spared, to be quite honest. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, th- but regardless of all of that, if none of that were the case, why would we have an interview with uh, the guy who plays McKay Algie saying, Smith. "I don't know what happened to," uh, well, I don't know what happened to story. I was just as confused as the fans why McKay just disappeared. Mm-hmm. You would think that if he were actually in on it, if he actually had an envision, he envisioned somewhere his character would be. You would think he wouldn't be as confused as the fans as to why he just hopped and left off. Um, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that even though he's one year removed from high school, that he can't be hanging around these kids. So he did hang I, around. I, he came to the New Year's party. I like girl, you're, you're doing what you're doing, and I know what you're doing. So I'm not gonna. <laughs> I get what you're saying that like he would definitely. There is a way for him to still be in the storyline. Even though he graduated. Right. Because I think it's just lazy if you just say, oh, well, he's out of high school. So well, it's that whole, he doesn't have to be here anymore. Like you can back cleverly- in old sitcoms when they had like the brother go upstairs mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you'd never saw him again. He didn't exist. There was no longer, you know, the big brother or the cousin or whatever. It's kind of that effect. They're like he walked out the door after the New Year's party and was like never seen again. Never brought really brought up again, too. It is lazy writing because they're just like, well, I don't think anybody will pay that much attention when they realize people are a little intense when they get really, when you have a really good show, of course, you're going to focus on every character. And that's kind of what they did with him. And I think maybe because he was seen as not a fan favorite, but very focused on in the first season, I think he assumed he would be getting more attention in the second. But then when he even realized like, oh. Okay, I so see, I, nobody cares. I don't. And, I think it's a, that he didn't have anything for McKay to do because even given the he didn't even like. Well, I, then that's the laziness Sam, of it. Well, against yeah. Sam Levinson, I'd rather him because like the the alternative is what he did to Cat. Because and to be quite honest, this that's what I mean by this season. I don't feel like it's as cohesive as season one because season one it feels like all the characters balance out pretty well as far as like their stories, what they're doing. Why they're doing it, whatever. Here, you could tell clearly he wanted to tell Rue's story. He was very interested in Cassie and Nate and Maddie. I guess that whole situation. Everything else gets pushed to the wayside outside of Lexi's play. But even then, Lexi's play is more of an episode thing. We don't see much storyline leading up to that with Lexi. She's kind of just in the background. So it's well, just that's like the whole thing. Lexi was. Con- I know, but I'm just saying it's like. You have a whole show with a whole cast of characters, and yet you you have you seem to be struggling with finding something for these characters to do in their downtime when they're yeah. not the focal point of their store of the story. Because did like, anybody else you know, find Rue and Jules' story boring? At some points, yes. At yeah. points, 100%. but I think that's the point, is that it's Rue's delusion that she's like, yeah, no, I could be with Jules and still be a functioning drug addict. I can do it. And it's like, no, you can't. <laughs> the most interesting storyline for me, and I heard someone else say this, that this season is basically surrounded. This The, the central character of this season is essentially Nate Jacobs. And I agree with that. And that's the He's the only one who gets a story arc that actually concludes at the end of this story. So at the end of the season. So yeah. Yeah, that's that's the storyline that I'm more drawn to, the Nate Cassie relationship of it all. That's the storyline that I was more interested in this season. Um yeah. I wasn't and I know don't hate me, Elliot fans. 
but I wasn't really interested in his character. I don't think anybody um, was. <laughs> I don't think I, we got some. Let me let me type in that Twitter hashtag. But um, <laughs> I I I didn't think he fit in well. He kind of seemed seemed a little shoehorned into the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by episode ten, when he had that eight minute long solo. I was just tired of him. Which I think that's the, and that's what I mean by this show is so wrapped. There's multiple points in season two where the show is so wrapped up in artistic, like, oh, well, we thought it was like a really deep moment to have this thing. Okay. But does it serve the story though? Like, yeah, Dominic Fike can sing. Yes, he can play the guitar very well. But do we need to hear the whole song? Does it help tell the story any better than if we had cut that song about maybe halfway through? Probably not. And on top of that, I love how at the end he's like, I'm still working on it. It's like, I'm still working on it. It's already three minutes long. It's done. It's, it's done. That was a, he had a chorus, a hook, and everything. Right. And what are you talking about? We're still working on it. It's not. No, you're not. <laughs> I, was like, I think the show is supposed to reflect, and I was thinking about this earlier when I was watching uh, the fight after the play, which again, I still so immensely enjoyed. She got her ass kicked so swiftly. I love so Cassie. Neat. So neatly. Cassie, I, well done. All those scenes where Cassie's like, I'm crazier than Maddie. But every time Maddie challenged, I, I said it throughout the entire show. I'm like, Cassie, if you don't sit down somewhere, everybody knows your deal. All right. And just the minute you apply pressure to Cassie, she cracks like porcelain. All right. She Damn, not. I can, I can she see. said, I'm the villain. Then immediately. Then gets immediately. Her as soon as Cassie's, as soon as Maddie's like, it is now. You can see the Cassie's face. Like, oh, shoot. Who said that? Was that Maddie? Oh, no, oh I, my I, God. That whole, that, whole, <laughs> that whole scene where she's like, what did she do? She stole her. They weren't dating. <gasps> Why? <laughs> <laughs> Which is no, funny because it's like Cassie aired herself out. Although that was oh, that she episode, stood up there. that episode on Rue is like on the run, which is my is is my favorite episode, but not in that I like to watch it because it is a hard watch to get through. Uh, but just how it tells the story. But I love they that. are going to submit that episode for oh, this of course, year for Zendaya of course. For the With the amount that Annie. she was like just running, the mm-hmm. like the different angles of just running. I was like, she ran like a block and they have like seven different angles. Can you not? But, <laughs> but I love, I just love when Cassie, all Cassie had to do was like, like Jonathan be saying, just sit here, sit there, eat her food. All right. She just had to sit there and not say nothing. And the second <laughs> cheddar. Yes. <laughs> Knock that Thank off. goodness. I thought it was going to be my pet that was acting up on this. Episode. No, he just like <laughs> ignore the bouncing ears. He's just trying to go for my arm. But uh, um, the second Cassie talked about, you don't have to, you know, be, uh, uh, what did what she say? Like, you don't have to be, just, oh, just take you it one day at a time. And then I love Bruce just, just uh, like, hey, real quick though, ain't you sleeping with Nate Jacobs? What? <laughs> and and she just, I, I love Cassie this whole season. It's like everyone keeps talking about Zendaya for her Emmy, which she, she deserves it. She's a great actress, but dang it! I think Cindy someone's got to give Sydney Sweeney her props because Sydney oh Sweeney, God, yeah. I can't imagine be doing this character. She is. It's like because it's just it's just stress. Every episode, Cassie is in tears I in some way, shape, or the break other. Her voice. I didn't know how she didn't like make her like break anything when she was doing those lines because they still have. They all had that same sh- 
like strained to them mm-hmm. where she was like yelling but not yelling and it was like the the tension she must have had on her vocal cords yeah the she only definitely reason- deserves an award Mm-hmm. The only reason she won't be nominated or win is if the voters think uh, she's too young. Because a lot of times these awards go to like the older people, especially in I, I feel like in the um, women category. Well, she would get supporting actress, right? Yeah. Right. Um, granted, though, I I I also say that because uh, that was another news story for Euphoria of Sydney Sweeney talking about the fact that she does she's holding down majority of the nudity count in this in this show, um, and so she was talking about how uh, a lot of people don't give her a lot of credit, um, you know, amongst the you know the the people who matter as far as producers stuff like that um, for her acting ability. In this show in particular, because of the fact that she's always, you know, uh, at least from her perspective, always being in the nude. And I agree. I think it I think that is totally a way for a lot of people, especially men in the entertainment industry to discredit her and just be like, oh, yeah, she's the hot chick with the big boobs and euphoria. And it's like, nah, she's talented. She's really good as Cassie. I think she's an, uh, an incredible actress and this performance does deserve an award. Like she's the, she's turned the whole world against her, (laughs) you know, her character, I mean. Um, And that only can come by having a character who you really resonate with. And you like, you, you don't see them as the actress anymore. You see them as that character. So uh, for my money, Sydney Sweeney deserves props and credit for that. Despite the nudity thing, that's neither here nor there. The fact that she is just a great actress and her performance is amazing is why she should be recognized for Euphoria, not her body. Yeah, because her character, a complete 180 in not only character right? art, but perception <laughs> as well from last season with the abortion, everyone feeling, you know, sorry for, for Cassie. And mm-hmm. at some point, I can't remember what happened in the rest of the season because it was a, a, a minute ago. McKay didn't but do her do I'll right s- by her, to be quite honest, in season right. one. She, kinda, she, she, but she was a sympathetic fair, character. It's because he had his own insecurities and issues, too. So it's right, just, they were right. just kind of bad for each other in that way. But at the and same then, time, I'm like, you've been friends with Maddie to see what Nate's done and probably heard some to- it was some horror stories of their relationship. What makes you think he's a good <laughs> like he's a good candidate for a boyfriend? Which I also not to go back to the McKay thing, but I also think that that could have been a source of conflict as well. McKay, we saw a snippet of it at the party when Nate was all up in McKay's face and doing this weird taunting slash sexual thing towards Mm -hmm. him that could have been a source of conflict as well where you have the ex-boyfriend and now the new boo and (laughs) and then how they interact as a trio kind of Mm -hmm. but uh for cassie going from that sympathetic somewhat character last season to now starting off episode one with everyone being like this dumb and and it is just a complete 180 and she, she played it well and it was believable and she did it felt it like good. organic it didn't feel like she was forced into this new role mm-hmm. it felt like it moved with her which is sometimes very difficult when you're trying to change that um that view of the character 
Um, and sometimes you can feel it's like forced, like, oh, all of a sudden now they're like the good one or now they're the bad one. It's like, this feels very odd, but her character was so well done and it flipped so easily that you were able to go with that flow and have her be the villain in the end, as she stated. So I like applaud them for how they did uh, Cassie's character. I can't say that for a lot of the other characters. A lot of the other characters felt like they were being more forced into their role. Um, Rue's character sometimes as she's the main character, kind of just felt tiring, if anything. Like, we had to follow her storyline because she was the main character at a certain point. Which is really sad because Zendaya's acting is amazing. You know, her commitment to this character is really good. And I did enjoy her storyline, but I think it's with when Jules was involved and just other points. Her story felt like, oh, this is something we have to kind of be part of to be part of Euphoria. Wait, what was the name of the high school? Yes. Uh, okay. Jonathan so found before it. the episode. Wait, what do you think it is, I, Jerome? I what don't do know. Mean? I'm not even going to take a guess. It's probably. You're not even going to take a guess? No, not really. Is it like <laughs> a city name? Is it like a city name? Uh, Kind of. Merrill's? <laughs> Merrill's High School. Yeah, Merrill's High School. <laughs> no, it's called East Highland High School. That Which that dream. sounds like that high school from High School Musical. East That's what I was about to say. Yeah, I was like, like, it sounds like something from a Disney film. <laughs> I mean, it's got a Disney star in it, so you know, it tracks. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, but on on the topic of of Rue, I just would like her to do a little more. Granted, she's been doing a lot, but it seems like her two storylines are jewels and drugs, and it doesn't seem like that would be enough to sustain longevity going forward. Uh, And for me, it hasn't sustained in the two seasons, the uh, 16 episodes that we've watched so far. I've been a little bored with... Sorry, I was going to say all of her arc in season one is just her and Jules, though, too. You don't get much. Right, that's what he's saying. Like It's in season one and in season two. There's no other arcs to her besides Drug and Jules. Mm-hmm. They should be on a t-shirt, drugs and jewels. <laughs> um, <laughs> whereas other characters, you know, Fez has this whole thing with Faye and Ashtray and Lexi and Rue and Nate. And and he's like n- not even on the level of main character that Rue is. But Rue, she just ha- is stuck in this one box. So I would like her to expand her circle a little bit more, even though she slightly interacts with many of the other characters it's just her main thing is drugs and jewels and i would like to learn a little bit more about her outside of those two things i think it's the reason why though is because she's and it's zendaya's kind of said this as much in one of the behind the scenes things is that she is sam levinson um sam levinson for those who don't know uh is was a drug addict in his teen years into his 20s um and you know now he's sober and he's doing good he's got a family you know he's in the entertainment industry um so but that part of it is him writing himself basically uh rue is him pretty much down to a t which is why a lot of the stuff with rue feels the most real because it's probably coming from real experiences sam levinson has had um in his lifetime but uh, I think the thing about that is that it's 
it means that that's kind of all there is to Rue, is that Rue is Sam Levinson. And <laughs> that's that's all there well, is, is that she's a drug addict and uh, she loves this girl. And and you get to see, and I think his how he wanted to tell the story is that Sam Levin, or uh, that Rue is, the, the tragedy is in that character, in that she's severing relationships, she's unreliable, She's very self-centered at times. Like there, that's kind of the conflict of her character, and you get to see those moments. And then with everybody else, it's that they're, they're just living all... their normal lives. But then, like Rue's involvement in that can sometimes be catastrophic. So, I'm gonna go ahead and apologize, Mother Paul. Um, <laughs> as somebody who you know used to do drugs in high school and stuff like that. I get where this character is coming from, but at the same time, there's as a teenager, you should be self-centered. You should be selfish and everything. You should, yeah, because that is a time of development. As that is a normal progress, and all these characters were very self-centered and selfish, so you can't really use that. Fez Fez is pretty cool. Yeah, Fez Fez cares about people. (laughs) Fez helped out a lot more. Fez was a good man, Mm -hmm. but like that's just like how every teenager was. And with Rue's character, I get where it's that whole like. You know, you're drugged out. Pretty much you have no access to the real world. I've been there and I get that. But there's also this part where you have to function. And that is the part where she's like, oh, I can be a functioning drug addict. I unfortunately was one of those. And you really just don't sit. You are active. You do stupid, stupid mistakes. You know, you do all this stuff. And there is more to it. And I think he is writing from his experience. But I think he might be also hiding from his experience. Because I talk about this cute, the cute, I don't want to say they're cute stories, but they're little fun stories about how the one time I licked a tree because I thought it was ice cream. Or one time everybody looked like puppets to me. I don't recommend ever doing that again. <laughs> but like stories like that to make you smile. But really, it was a horrible, horrible time in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think he's just showing certain parts and not connecting to what was fully going on because you want to hide those other parts that are far more damaging. Uh, when you know you can run the risk of driving while high and almost hurting somebody or you know actually physically hurting somebody because you're unaware of your situation she never really gives into the high where she's like completely gone from the whole of reality where she actually becomes a danger to herself and you know others around her and that is a real risk every time you take really intensive drugs and i think like i said he kind of made her very dormant when she's high or very dormant when she's just like in this like zone, you're not dormant. Unfortunately, you're you're very active. You're still going, especially when you're in school or around family members. It is a constant movement and functioning that is again very dangerous. And I do not recommend to anybody anybody ever listening. Don't do drugs. And then it always ends badly. That's my PSA. I think it. So I think he sorry <laughs> is only portraying. Yeah, no, you're fine. He's only portraying a certain part. I agree with you. And but like he's also hiding from his experience too. Then I was I was just gonna say. Um, <clears throat> I think he does do a good job of like showing because you know everybody's drug experience is different. Um, and also we forget, and mostly because it doesn't ever really come up that Rue is a neurodivergent person. Like she has ADHD. She has. Uh, dyslexia she has all these other things going on and i don't so i don't know if that's him addressing like that drugs for her are different in some way um but we do have those moments where she fades out like with that church scene in um 
where she gets high and she's she goes in the church. And I I honestly thought because for the longest time there was a rumor before the season started that someone was going to die, which I mean ended up being true. Um, but nobody knew who it could be. And I was like, it'd be real bold if they kill off Rue. And I thought that episode was going to be the one because it's like she goes to this church and then uh, Jules is the one who ends the, you know, there's the narration by Rue throughout the entire show. That's the one time where Jules ends the narration. And then the, what was it? The season, um, the episode behind it, uh, when they did like the next up on on uh, Euphoria, you don't see Rue at all. And you have all these characters crying and sad. And I was like, yo, did they just kill off Rue just now? Did she just OD and Honestly, die? Honestly, that <laughs> probably would have made a big impact on the show and probably made it a lot better. Because like, I get what you're saying, but also as I am neurodivergent, ADHD, bipolar, I'm a bag of fun of crazy. <laughs> uh, pick a disorder, I probably got it a little bit. Um, so like I get what I get what you're saying. It is a different style when you use the drugs because I was also using drugs. I was not medicated properly at the time. So it was a self way of self medication. Again, if you think you are any of these things, please consult the doctor. <laughs> Do not self medicate in any form or fashion. Um, and I think it's just something he is not fully expresses expressing the damage it that is can that is done when you do drugs and you are in an unwell state like that. I will say, I think killing off Rue earlier would have not been a bad idea. I think it would have been a big story hit. And I don't like her narration. I like Zendaya's voice, but the narration for the actual show with Rue, I don't like it. It made more sense when they were telling stories. I remember two (laughs) years ago when, or three years ago, I guess, when at the end of the season finale where... Rue is singing and she's uh, dancing in the street with the choir and uh, singing. I remember me and Jerome, I remember you. T- we, we were talking and, and you brought up the theory, like, what if she just died? Um, yeah. <laughs> I knew that wasn't, on a logistics side, I knew that wasn't going to happen because Zendaya yeah, is Zendaya. the moneymaker of the show. <laughs> yeah, <Zendaya. Yes. laughs> Um. But I don't see the show without Zendaya. And I don't think, I think once Zendaya exits the show, I think that will be the end of the show. I don't think it will go on without Zendaya. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, I'm curious to see what her storyline will be like going forward. A lot of people are like, okay, the drugs, is it going to be this constant battle? Okay, she's on drugs, she's off drugs, she's on drugs, she's off drugs, she's on drugs, she's off drugs. Um, are what is going to be her new storyline in 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 a sense? I hope that because it's like we've already season one was about Rue struggling with sobriety, but without an intention. Like because she says at the beginning of the season, she had no intention of being staying sober, but then she meets Jules, and so then there's this balance where she's like, I want to be with this person, but I can't be with this person if I'm on drugs. So I guess I'll stay sober. The second season seems like it is to get Rue to, because she's back to using drugs, but it's also to get Rue to a place where she is, um, she wants to be sober for herself and not because of Jules. So I hope that the third season is just her, that's the new battle, is just being sober in general for yourself and kind of being by your lonesome. However, my issue (laughs) is 
that, and this is, again, goes back to just leaving plot threads, just dangling in the wind. I was fully expecting when Rue walks out of that theater and we have that shot where you can see like this wide shot of her walking out into the distance, that out of the corner or something, um, Somebody's gonna snatch her someone up. Someone snatched her up because I'm like, you just go like, is Lori just not gonna try and hunt this girl down? She knows her legal name, which Rue did not give her. So oh, yeah. clearly she is well connected. So there's no way she is not just watching her <laughs> or not on the look for her. And it's just like, the show's just like, well, doop, doop, we're done. I'm like, what do you mean you're done? That you're just going to leave that dangling? You're going to leave dangling the <laughs> like all these things? Well, and it's also going to be interesting in season three because, well, at the end of season four, we had a couple cliff... Things were resolved, kind of, but we had some cliffhangers more more like what's going to happen in season four like repercussions of as to what's going to happen in season four like nate's dad going to jail Are you season three uh or season three i keep thinking of season <laughs> we like, should be at season, season four three. at this point well you, yeah, you might be counting special episodes which i have to say i will agree like that's the other thing about jules story because like rue's story lines up perfectly with her special episode it just kind of seamlessly goes right in jules one not so much because it seems like Jules, like her special episode, it seems like it's going to set up for Jules to be doing some interesting things with her character. And then you get into season two and Jules doesn't really do much of anything. She's kind of in the background and it's just like the love interest kind of of Rue, but she also is like a cheater, which also that never comes up. The fact that she's like, I mean, we never implicitly see her hook up with Elliot, but at the very least, she was like making out with him and planned to cheat on him, yeah. to cheat on Rue with Elliot and sleep with him. So, well, it was enough that it was, uh, felt but, like it was cheating. Yeah, to Rue. So, which... um, but for those those cliffhangers, so we have well, not cliffhangers, but you no, know they're cliffhangers. I mean. uh, <laughs> okay, so we have uh, Nate's dad going to jail. We also have ashtray he he's dead um also uh fez he's most likely going to jail as well mm-hmm. possibly Faye as well mm-hmm. um Faye's boyfriend is dead and at during that scene before the cops come Faye says i thought uh lori was the person who uh killed uh mouse i was about to call him moose uh who killed mouse so the police have that information so I, the police might be knocking on Lori's door as well in a bit, and that might have repercussions on Rue. Maybe. Um, that's true. I mean, it's I just... think you just created the whole season three. <laughs> I, just... I think that's what you did. Because like, I'm trying to think. I'm like, well, I think you just created season three right there. <laughs> Yeah. Well, because I'm thinking about like, for example, I would, I, it's just, it's one of those things where when I talk about loose threads, I just wanted more confirmation on like, what is going to happen with Lori? Like, it just feels like they kind of drop it after the running episode is gone. They don't come back to it ever again. We don't come back to like when we do Nate and Ka- Maddie and Cassie, not so much. I didn't want to see them like brawl or anything like that, but I was hoping we'd have a longer conversation between Maddie and Cassie and the way they kind of leave it off. I guess they're maybe leaving it for a redemption arc for Cassie because Cassie realizes she she comes out of her fog a little bit and she realizes, oh, yeah, he did just break up with me. And I I did this to myself like I could have just walked away. I mean, at that point, it was already done. But um, 
Who's like, but who's to say, because they don't have a longer conversation. So we don't feel like we kind of wrap that up. Um, We don't really, uh, yeah. Fez. I I kind of think they need to stop doing the special episode things where they focus on one character. Well, they did the special episodes because, or do you mean the actual special episodes? Do you mean in the beginning of each episode, you tell a story? Kind of how they really focus on one person. What you can kind of tell the storyline they're going to focus on particularly every episode and they kind of have to stop doing that because then you're 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 kind of losing focus on the other storylines and i think those other ones that's why we ended up with so much cliffhangers they get thrown in the back because you're like oh this episode it's really gonna focus on you know this Mm storyline we're talking about these guys but it's this one you're we're clearly showing you and i'm showing you only and then you know there's not enough time to lead with the other episode the other storyline. Well, they kind of leave that behind by the time they hit episode five. And I'll, and I only know that because that they said as much. Like, uh, I will say, if you do watch the show, watch the behind the scenes stuff after the show. Because you learn a lot of interesting things um, about their, like, reasoning for doing things. Um, but um, they did, because, uh, like, they did the first four episodes. They, they split the season into two parts. The first four episodes are supposed to be kind of like Euphoria season one in that it starts with someone's backstory, and then the rest of the episode is kind of, you know, it deals with everybody, but mostly focuses on that character. Um, and then when they hit episode four, where you see all those, like, painter-esque shots of everybody, that's supposed to be at least as far as they said, it's supposed to be like the halfway point of being like, all right, now our characters are set. You know who everybody is, except Elliot, but but whatever. <laughs> you know who everybody is, where they come from, where, why they are the way they are. Now we're just going to go forward. And it's why episodes five through eight, there are no backstory episodes. It's just going straight into whatever the plot is of that episode that week. Um, that being said, though, I do agree that like what, the second we had a Cal episode, I'm like, Cal gets an episode. Who's asking for Cal to get an episode? Like, we, we, why do we need to know his backstory? That. Jonathan was. I, they, I <laughs> no, I, I, I kind of did appreciate the backstories in a sense. They did what if anybody's seen Dear White People, Dear White People <laughs> did that, where they kind of focused on a different character every episode. Mm-hmm. Then in the later seasons, they kind of messed it up. So hopefully, Euphoria doesn't do this, but. I, I kind of like that in the sense that I love a good ensemble and when everyone gets their kind of moment to shine, I kind of appreciated that. And Cal's backstory, they made it interesting. They Especially Cal's backstory, they made interesting and gripping. Um, if the backstories were, you know, uh, then I would I would have probably said something else. I wish they had focused more on the direct people in Rue's life, like her mom and her sister, because those were two of the people who I was waiting on a backstory for last season, yeah. but they never gave it to us this season. They had one little clip of Leslie, Rue's mom, as a kid singing in a choir that lasted about 10 seconds, and that was supposed to be her backstory moment. <laughs> and so I wish they would have, hopefully season three, they give us more of Rue. I mean, they give us more of Leslie and Gia because we didn't see them once this season without the other two people. We didn't see Rue's mom without Rue and Gia or Gia without Rue and her mom. So I can tell you what she was I doing. They would have- She's out here looking for uh, for Ali. Don't think I didn't see that second Ali came over to cook dinner. She, mama let the hair down. She's like, oh, snap, Ali coming? Hold on. Let me get, let me get right. Let me... <laughs> 
I, I thought that was so funny. I'm like, Bru, you better be careful. You might be talking to stepdad right now. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> the way, hey, way she's looking. Maybe she just want to brush down her hair. Maybe she wants to look nice. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I mean, I get it. You know, Coleman Domingo is, is, is a handsome brother. All right. <laughs> so... Um, speaking of which, he is my favorite character, and I I was a little, sh- I it was a little, uh, I was a little hurt. I'm like, dang man, you only get like what three episodes, one of which you don't even really talk. Like <laughs> he's barely in the show. Um, he's like, I, he was one of my favorite parts of the special episode. I was hoping he would have more to say. And when the rumor came out that someone was gonna die, my prediction was that it was gonna be Ali because I thought, especially once the Lori thing introduces that. Ali knows Lori because, you know, he's a former drug addict. He maybe bought from her. And then, like, the trouble ruse in, Ali tries to get her out of it and dies for his troubles. Um, but, I mean, that didn't happen. So, yay, more Ali. But also, <laughs> you know, uh, I just hope they use him more. And maybe that might be speaking to us. I, I learned this watching someone's recap, but um, uh review or something like that, that apparently there is a thing where people do have an issue with Sam Levinson and his treatment of black characters um, ever since Malcolm and Marie, because he doesn't really know how to write black characters, uh, probably because he's not a black man. <laughs> and I don't think anybody who is black on set is correcting him to be like, yeah, black people wouldn't do that. Black people probably wouldn't say that, you know, whatever. Um, so... Maybe that's why he's like maybe shying away from it because he doesn't want to, you know, piss anybody off. But at the same time, it's like your main character's black and her family's black. So y- you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like you just, you're just going to have to bite the bullet and, and deal, man. And, you know, I just say that maybe that's why Leslie and Gia don't really get a lot to do this season um, at all. Let me not. <laughs> let me not. Uh, get some black writers or figure out how to write black characters. Let me just write them off the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Cause it's like, it's not like Sam Levinson doesn't can't, it's not like he doesn't have to write. Like, it's not like he has to write the entire show. He could just get a writer's room. Yeah. And, and have them help him. write. Most shows or, do. Honestly, honestly, he could just go to the actual actors and be like, how would you do this? <laughs> that thing too. Like it's he has options. <laughs> There's literally one on set right there. You can just ask. <laughs> I'm them. sure Zendaya would not be shy to like write some dialogue. Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Um, so it's yeah, I don't know what that's about. Um speaking of Cal though, his story like thinking of Cal, going back to him a bit, uh his story was interesting though this season. Um I didn't think they were gonna do that much more with him. Cause in the first season he's kinda just around, but here you really get to kinda understand him and get where he's coming from. And while he's still a, a crappy dad, uh I think that's and I think that's the best thing about this show, in my opinion, is that every person, no matter how terrible of a person they are, you understand why they are the way they are. Like they are you get time enough to like learn what traumas made them into the people they are, you know, especially if you've been watching the show from the very beginning. Like you've seen a lot of Jules' backstory to know why Jules has to feel like she needs uh, validation. You've seen enough of Cassie's backstory from season one and two to know why she's like 
wants to be loved so badly she will literally like the when she tells nate like you can dress me and you can do whatever you want with me and i'm just like oh my god are you signing up for i like like white people for the longest time have been the arbiters of slavery and you're signing up to be one like what like, what is going on um but you understand it you get it you might not agree with it but you get it so i think with cal uh, being as this is the first time we're really getting to dive into his backstory and see more about him, I think they did a great job balancing out and introducing you to him and his backstory and to why he is the way he is. Yeah, and I think his role is going to be as significant next season, if not more. Mm -hmm. The fact that he was not killed off because that would have been an easy thing to do Although, as well. That was a weird, that was also a weird scene. And it's why I'm like, I don't know if I like this why finale. He the gun? Yeah, because he brings the gun. Yeah. But then he's just like, he pulls it out. Then he puts it right back in the other pocket and pulls out a flash. I'm like, okay, your dad has never shown signs that he will kill you. So what the heck did you bring the gun for if you were not going to kill him either? Maybe from the show's point of view, it was like parallel because I remember there was a moment earlier in the season where Cal brought a gun when he was going to meet, uh, when he was going to talk to Fez and Lexi was there. It was that scene. Cal brought a gun. See, but that made and he was holding sense. it in his pocket. Where are these teenagers getting guns? Them, well, Nate got uh, it from Bel-Air. his dad. He found it in his in his dad's drawer. So at least that makes sense. Belair also, Trent had it, <laughs> or uh, Trey, I'm sorry. I was calling him Trent like the whole Belair review. Then I rewatched the show and it's like, <laughs> actually his name's Trey and it's always been that. <laughs> it's never been Trey. But where did he, that's the whole thing. I, like a lot of times when I watch like teenager shows like this, um, I always just wonder where are you getting the, is it just your parents? Probably. I think he found it in, no, well, Cal was gone by then. Did he find it in Cal's? Well, he found stuff? it in Cal's drawer. He found it in Cal's yeah. uh, desk drawer. Oh, okay. Um, so there's a though. No, uh, Euphoria does a good job I of explaining it. where the gun comes from. Bel Air, it's just Trey just has a gun for some reason. Um, but I. Uh, but he's definitely breaking. Do we agree that he's definitely going to have somehow not be in jail <laughs> next season? Possibly. Yeah. I mean. At the same time, or who who do you think is gonna break out of jail first, Fez or or Cal? You know who is gonna get out of jail now, probably that. Uh, and I was uh, watching a Euphoria recap that talked about it, and I was like, oh yeah, Tyler, Tyler will finally be free <laughs> from season one. <laughs> a character I'm sure everybody has forgotten. <laughs> mm -hmm. I have. I've forgotten. I just I just remembered him because when I was listening to a Euphoria recap like yesterday <laughs> and someone mentioned him, I'm like, oh yeah, that guy. Also, is Jacob is uh Jacob, no, that's the, his real name. Is Nate Batman? Because the like the, he did this last season too. The first season he snuck into Tyler's apartment and he was just in the background in the dark, like Batman. This time he did the same thing with Maddie, where I'm just like, How did you get in here? <laughs> he's just in the which that why scene, do you guys keep leaving your windows unlocked because they're, they're white people in suburban neighborhoods in california in euphoria town but i i just love the idea also i love that at the end of that scene not in the literal sense but in the just like this is so stupid where where nate traumatizes this girl like drastically and then after the after she gives him the disc, which also I'm like, this is not the time to lie, Maddie. Just give the man the disc. 
What, what do you want it for? Why even lie to him and be like, I don't have the disc? Yes, you do. And he clearly knows you do. But anyway, he's like threatening to shoot himself all over her face. And then when she gives him the disc, he's like, nah, I was just playing. It's all right. The gun's unloaded. I'm like, you act like that's the issue. The issue is you broke into my house and threatened to kill yourself all over me <laughs> and traumatize me with a gun. And that's before, that's after you pointed a gun at me, unloaded or not. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Good or not, had you had a rubber knife, that's still a threat. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that personally. Right, like poor. Somebody does that. I have never felt so because the first season I was like, man, whatever, Maddie. But this season I'm like, I feel bad for Maddie. Like it's the Maddie and Cassie's roles are reversed, and it's so interesting because <laughs> you just feel bad for Maddie. Also, does anyone else catch the vibe that that lady she was babysitting for was trying to smash, or is that just me? That's what I heard some <laughs> people theorize. I yeah, that didn't really anything. go anywhere. No, for it did me. not. It didn't go anywhere so, either. <laughs> yeah. So I'm wondering what was the whole the whole babysitting storyline? Like Maybe it, they it wanted didn't go anywhere. to do more. They wanted to do more, but they like couldn't figure out what instead they were doing we got with a, it. Instead we got a full out live at the Apollo performance from Elliot in episode <laughs> uh eight, That's what I mean. It's like there's a lot of things in this show artistically they look cool and artistically I dig them but they take up time that could have been used to flesh out some of these story elements that feel like they're just in the show to just be in the show and then get never get addressed. Uh, Lexi's play is also one of them. I love the play. Also how much money did they allocate to the budget for this play? Because the set design is on point. Like they have an, an, an enormous budget for a high school play. I've been to high school plays and they are never this elaborate. There's a rotating stage in this thing. <laughs> and some of the content within the play was very suggestive. Yeah. My high school would not have allowed that. Yeah. <laughs> that was just full on. It wasn't suggestive. Also, that was putting it right there. On the like this is it. Right. Look at would it. it be okay to have a play about other students in in any sensible in, institution no well clearly there are no teachers around so the <laughs> right. teachers and the faculty actually, are not aware of what the students are going the drama teacher was the, yeah the drama teacher is the one teacher we've seen this whole season and it's only for Lexi to ask can I do the play yeah sure okay now if you excuse like, yeah, me whatever. I'm going to quit put in my two weeks because I just found out teachers don't work here so <laughs> yeah so like you don't really have to get approval from anybody to for the play to be about people if there's nobody to you know have to look review it when when cassie stormed the stage we didn't see one teacher teacher we her didn't mama see had to come up there <laughs> also i just love it. and it's a it's a it's a sound now though uh is this play about us that yes. thing is all over tiktok now Su also susan though Sue's. She might be a yes, drunk mama, just about to... but dang if she's not a supportive mama. She didn't care at all that her, her character was I in the play. I loved her character. Just... She had, <laughs> she had the, she had me dying. The, that's, that's, I know I've had some criticisms about this, even though at the beginning I was like, I loved this season. And then all I've done is criticize <laughs> the season. Criticize, criticize, but, um... and criticize. That's all he does. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved I loved her character. Just the comedy in the season overall, I think, was a lot better than season one. I mm -hmm. loved the comedic moments and how they were 
in balance with some of the dramatic moments. When Cassie was going through her tirade and she's like, this girl needs an effing exorcist. I, I, I was done. I just love when she's just like, I don't care. I just want to watch my millionaire matchmaker in peace. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, that's, like, that's a mama right there. That was my favorite scene. That was my favorite scene. She's like, it's the moral, was it the moral of the story or something like that? She's like, it doesn't matter. Just let me watch my show. Just one hour a day is all I want. I mean, she's not a very <laughs> attentive like mom. You know, she's often just very, just drink her wine what? and kind of just let things play out. But I do love that she at least is there for Lexi. Like she, she did try and help. Like, I think that's cool. Um, she tried to help keep her some decorum, you know, pulling her off the stage as she's freaking out, yelling at everybody. Yeah, I, when helped. she was so when she was so honored and like, yo, she when she screams the, the second <laughs> Ethan comes on stage as her, she's like, ah, that's me. I was, I, was like, I was like, that's a that's a mama for real because she she would be like really do that and just be like be like that's my that's me that's me right there. <laughs> Well, like, with this podcast, uh, I talk a lot about things I've done in the past I'm not proud of. My mom's still going around being like, look, my baby does this. My baby does this. What is she talking about? She talks about everything. Don't worry about it. But go watch it. So, like, yeah, I get that's the support of mom. I think that's the best type of mom. Like, mm-hmm. they're more realistic, but you know that their support is more real, too. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's more fun. Because, yeah, I, the way she's great. Just that whole, I think she was one of the better parents, almost. Cause she was like kind of shit, but she was like there. She was when the kids needed it. She was there. Rue's mama. I, I don't know how she does. Like that's what I mean by Sam Levinson don't know how to write black characters because Rue's mama. If she was a real black mom, you better believe half of the stuff Rue tries to do in that episode five, she would have got a backhand before she been as soon as when she tries to make the sentence talk about stuff, I'll do whatever I want in your house like under your roof. Before that sentence, before the I would come out her mouth, all her teeth would be on the floor. <laughs> like I don't care who I, you think, I think you are. <laughs> I think he took some of the criticism, some, not all, of the criticism from season one when in season one people were like uh uh-uh, this 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 ain't believable because in no <laughs> black world so i saw a little bit of improvement in season two with and i i have to put myself in her mom's shoes because she tried every single tactic with rue she tried yeah. bargaining with rue she tried um making her feel guilty she tried you know disciplining her she tried slapping her at one point she but tried only because she pushed uh, gia not because she's her. just tripping like i feel like there's a lot of black parents drugs or not like the second you just start talking about what you what you not and are going to do under my roof oh no you got to get up out of here <laughs> like, I don't, I, I, like, like at the very least she would have so, probably picked rue up and just thrown her out the house and been like nah you got to go that that ain't no ain't there's, no, nego- ain't no discussion ain't no negotiation in a lot of people's lives when if you are a child if you're a person of color your mom's around you getting threatened to be kicked out if you do something bad i feel like at one point i don't feel like maybe not jonathan <laughs> i don't think anybody could i don't think you could ever push your parents that far although when, when i was when i was a kid I, when i was a kid um and uh, my parents would threaten me with the spanking at some point. I can, I, so I can like count on the number, number on one hand, the number of times I've been spanked, but I, as a kid, I was threatened with the spanking and I, and at one point 
when I was like eight or nine, at one point I would be like, man, spankings don't work on me anymore. <laughs> but it was... Yeah, like my but, mom will still try to threaten me with it now. I don't even <laughs> live with her. All right? And the Latin household, the mom can still threaten and she doesn't live with me. She's like, you're not too big. I'm like, you need a knee replaced. How are you going to try to fight me? <laughs> She's like, I'll find a way. I'm like, you can't even fight me, though. <laughs> Um, but, but I, I mean, agree, yeah, like, but yeah, but she was, I, she was I like get way. you, I do, and there, and that's I think the biggest thing, and it's because I again I'd say it, and I'm still gonna say it now. Watch the special episodes of Ruin Jewels for a lot no. of context for a lot of things, uh, but in particular, there's one moment in the special episode for Rue that uh, made it even harder for me to watch episode five because at that point. It is so easy to want to check out and be like, okay, Rue's just lost it. Like, we're done. But uh, there's one point in in uh, the special episode where Ali and Rue are talking and he talks about how, you know, the thing about the disease of addiction is that most people don't see it as a disease. They see you as selfish. They see you as self-centered. They're like, if this girl don't care about herself, why should I have, why should I care? And, you know, and I think this season really pushes that idea of like you see rue do some diabolical things in this series you see her gaslight jewels you see her gaslight gia and make her think she's crazy for not for being concerned that she wants to smoke weed knowing full well it's gonna even if it was true she would divulge into doing drugs again like you see rue lie to her friends and family treat them like garbage and but at the same time, it's one of those things where the show is being like, this is what it is, but are you, do you, so what do you think? Like, are you gonna check out on this person? You know who they are, like when they are sober, you know who they are as people. And it, it push, it challenges you. It challenges you to be like, no, this isn't desirable. No, and maybe no, Rue's not making good decisions, but I don't wanna leave her either. Like I don't want to just forget about her because she's struggling, and she's and she is trying, and so I think that's that was the thing about episode five that made me be like, this is a really great episode because I think it's one of the few in this season that really challenges the audience to be like, here's what it is, and they're not <laughs> we're not gonna try and sugarcoat it. Like Rue is is going through withdrawals. It is a nightmare for not just her but for everybody involved. And you got to deal with it. And I get what you're saying, but I'm also, again, been through that and all that. I'm also a very big advocate that if it is hurting you, my issues and what I go through should not, you know, be your issues as well. Um, And I've always said this, you know, I do suffer from several mental disorders. Certain times I lose who I actually am. Not fun. And if at any of that point where I'm no longer in control, you get hurt, you you owe me nothing to the point of staying. You owe me nothing. I have no right to ask you to stay. If I I hurt you or if I say something, you know, that's just horrible and like friendship burning, I refuse to allow those issues to be used as an excuse. Yeah, it's out of my control, but it is still a responsibility of my own, unfortunately. And... I get what you're saying with Rue, and I do agree. There is a point where you do still want to stay with it just because you're like, well, we've all been through all this. And yeah, there's a point where it's like, yeah, we've been through this, we're getting through this, we're together. But there's also like that light where it's like, 
well, now I'm kind of just staying for you. And then there's no more beneficial to the relationship where it's just, I'm just getting hurt over and over. But all you can say is just, you're going through this. And I'm like, well, that's no longer when it's a healthy relationship. And whether the person is, you know, what, no matter what they're going through, it is not yours to take. But with the show, of course, it's different because it's not that deep. But um, and the show acknowledges that, if- that it is, and that, again, in the special episode, the show acknowledges if no. you're going to be so, like, you know, to be sober is to like take responsibility and to and to like a good, like to do it for yourself. And it's why I love that line at the end between Lexi and uh, Rue, where Rue's like, is uh, you know, your dad. Yeah, your dad is an addict, but I'm sure that he wakes up every morning thinking I'm going to be better for her. But that's the problem is that he's not. He only wants to do it for yeah. you, you know. And I and so the show acknowledges no to be sober and the battle of sobriety is not about your relationships. It's about you. Like it's about wanting to be better for yourself first and foremost before you can be better for somebody else. And so I think I think it's Whoa. cool. I think the show is I, again. I don't think the show is bad. I just want it's if nothing else in season three. I just want the show to be like more attentive to not being so focused on cool cinematography and really cool epic moments, and more focused on we are trying to tell great stories Story. with these characters, and they will all wrapped up, be wrapped up, not wrapped up in the sense of like there's no cliffhangers, but wrapped up in that it feels like a final story by the end of it. Fair. Well, well after this episode, it seems like we might have to do a part two of a mental health episode when Mr. Kyle Moore gets out of the Big Brother Canada house. And we can reference Euphoria as well. Um, so do we want to give grades on this season? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, Jonathan, you can go first. Oh, um, so I'm going to give this season, this is tough because I loved the action in the show. I loved the episode where Rue is, you know, screaming at her family and running around the town. Uh, I loved, uh, in season one, I loved the carnival episode. That was probably my favorite episode of the season. But um, in uh, season two, I also loved, I loved the action with uh, Fez and the cops and Ashtray. Um, I also loved that uh, really, I guess you could call it juicy uh, story with with Cal, his backstory. So I think this season gave us uh, a lot of meat. Uh, whether and it, it, the meat was flavorful, but some of the meats didn't go well with some of the other sides. <laughs> So analogy. If I, I get what you mean. mean. It's just that I didn't expect you to continue going into the like deeper. I'm with you. I'm with you. So for that reason, I think I'm going to have to give this season a B. That's going to be my rating. Um, I loved the content. Each episode, I was invested in it. But after I would think about the episode, 
and my view of it would kind of go down a little bit once I was out of that world. But once you're in the world, you're immersed in it. Mm -hmm. But once you're out of it, it doesn't necessarily hold my attention as much. So that's why it's going to be a B for me. What about you, Jerome? Uh, I think uh, overall, I do. I did enjoy the season. Oh, excuse me. I think it is a nice um, elevation from season one. I think I would love to see them keep a lot of the cinematography choices in this show, keep a lot of the the seriousness of this show, but just take it a little step further with the when the in the character department as far as the storytelling goes. I think there's so much they can do with these characters now that we know them it's not like they're introducing any well hopefully they're not introducing any more people because uh, we haven't talked about elliot that much but to be quite honest it's because there's not much to say he's kind of just there (laughs) he doesn't really have you don't know his backstory um there are rumors that he might be the third nate uh the third um Jacob's brother. Oh, Nate's brother. Yeah, um, because and I, I am curious to be quite honest because he has Cal has three kids, but we have no clue but, where that third one but, is. <laughs> it's like, but Elliot, Elliot, but Elliot's. I don't think it he, is Elliot because Elliot's removed. He's like a little, like he's had his own well, life and everything. Yeah, and he's like more ethnic. Yeah, than them. I mean, like I don't know. Um, maybe so. I don't know. They clearly don't know what to do. Yeah, I like I I don't know why they added Dominic Fike. Not that Dominic Fike does a bad job. Um, he does what he's required of to be in this show. Um, but it's just the fact of like they don't really have a lot for his character to do outside of be like this extra love interest between Rue and Jules, uh, in this kind of weird love triangle they've got going on. Um, he's a fun character. I loved all the truth and dare stuff. Also, if you're going to steal alcohol, real quick, if you're going to steal alcohol. Maybe you don't, you're already stealing alcohol. Why take a case of White Claw seltzers? All right. <laughs> like they were, they were. And why get mad you, at Rue for, for, for drinking the alcohol that you y'all stole, stole and gave, like, and clearly saw her take a can. No, I mean, <laughs> anyway, um, but moving on, uh, overall though, I would just love to see more from everybody i loved rue's story this season i think it was really good i loved seeing um kind of the more because the first season we kind of get a little bit of the harsh life of rue being a drug addict this season i think we get to dive in a little deeper i'm hoping the third season because she's not sober at the end of this um season we get to see more of another side of her um now that she's sober and trying to see what that life is about so hoping they constantly evolve that character especially because she's the main character um i would love to see these main these side characters also get a lot more i want to see cat get a lot more all right how dare she gaslight ethan like that that wasn't cool um, <laughs> ethan's a good man he deserves he also deserves an emmy too for all those dang roles he played in lexi's play <laughs> a tony at least a tony um for a fake play but uh <laughs> i mean it felt real did. they went for it um uh but yeah also sydney sweeney is amazing this season um i hope she gets some recognition uh, i know that she's been wanting it for euphoria and she deserves it so hope she gets more recognition uh overall i give the show a b minus i agree with john a lot of jonathan's points i think that a lot of the episodes are great when you're watching them, but then when you really start analyzing it, and I was debating binging the whole season again to see like, as a whole, does this work as a season? 
And uh, I didn't have to, to just realize, like, I don't think it does. I think it's very much a lot of segmented, really great, really dramatic moments, but they don't all quite mesh together. And at the end, it doesn't feel like they're all come to a cohesive ending for everybody, just for a few characters here and there that Sam Levinson really wanted to focus on. But the rest of them kind of just get forgotten about. Because even Lexi's play, after it's done, we don't get any extra thing with Lexi. It's like, we did the play. And now Lexi's in the in Euphoria. The end. Mm-hmm. So, you know, who's to say? But we'll see in season three. If, like, uh, he improves on a lot of this stuff. Um, he's already got the world's attention, so. <laughs> Alex, what is your grade? Um, I would have to say, like, I, so I really enjoyed a lot of parts of this. However, the show as a whole kind of falls like on a C level for me. I would definitely recommend it. I do think it is also that they are capturing kind of the essence of the generation next, which is the generation um, X. Generation Z. I was about to say Gen Z? Gen- <laughs> Gen no, Gen Z. Z. Gen Z. I don't know why I went X. I was like, no, wait, that's not right. It's Gen because Z. you said Generation Next. Yeah, so it, that's it, where it, I was like, wait. Um, the Gen Z. They are chaos, man. <laughs> they are, like, fucking insane. And I respect the hell out of that, all right? A lot of the millennials now, we, we've been beaten down. We've had to deal with, you know, our boomer generation. I will say, though, I don't know. We've had to just work. Yeah, we're all tired. The old man like, and we me hit, is like, thinking Gen Z is stupider, though, too. I don't know what it is. Like, <laughs> Dude, no, I've seen them on TikTok, and I've seen that they, they, are, they are next level crazy, and I respect that. Because crazy gets shit done. We were so beaten down and tired. Does it? You know, I mean, they're 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 breaking their spines, climbing on milk crates. <laughs> like, you know what I mean, okay. First well, off, I didn't well, see Jerome, a Gen Z do that. I didn't Jerome, see. I you're saw on the, old, you're older on the people verge do that. Of Gen Z, maybe. Yeah, but I'm just saying. <laughs> you're a generation splitter, so shut up. You, that's why you're crazy. That's why you're crazy. Because I know I'm on like the tail end of of millennial. I was born in '95. I'm, I'm that's 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 like that's like splitting, yeah. Gen Z, yeah. I think '96 <laughs> is when they start. No, no, because I think my sister's a millennial. And she's born in '98. Point no, is, no. Uh, when does no, Gen no. Z start then? Gen, I, I've heard multiple things, but it's uh, the the most like conclusive that I've heard is '95. Um, is the cutoff for millennial. Gen Z is from 1997 to 2012. Millennials from 1990, 1981 to 1996. Okay. Jerome, you literally on that, like, <laughs> you're right there. Um, I am very much a millennial. I was born exhausted. <laughs> All right. Fucking like born with bags under my eyes. I do say Gen Z is crazier. They're a crazy generation. I respect them. They were born into technology. Did you know? Other story. Not irrelevant to this story. Um, I enjoyed Euphoria. Uh, I found it was really good. I think the writing just got stagnant a bit in many parts. A lot of characters didn't get to have their kind of real moment in the sun. You know, like with Rue, I said, her character just felt like stagnant. It was there. There was no other parts to her, and it was just kind of, like, dull and boring, especially when you put her... I understand she may be a more realistic character, or she may be a character that you're, like, 
this is very personal and experience. However, you have all this other stuff going on, this all this other chaos, and you're putting a character that literally is just high in the center. She's actually the least threatening character, the least worrisome character, the yeah. least interesting character. Well, like, oh, she's high. At least she's not, like, sleeping with somebody's boyfriend. Putting on a play where we have no idea where they got the production value from <laughs> or doing all this other stuff. You know, Rue being high actually isn't the Maybe biggest Fez concern at the moment. Maybe Lexi get the budget. I mean, he sells drugs. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Like, at that point, it's like, actually, Rue being high is, like, the least of my concerns at the moment. They don't like have I, money for teachers, but they do have money. To right, that's I got, where they like, save the money. I they got, don't like, pay three for teachers. Girls, like, they have no teachers in the school. Right. students like, teach I got three girls fighting on the stage right now. Like, Rue being unconscious right now, just sleeping because she's passed out from drugs. Kind of the least of my problems. So, like, she became such a less... It became less of an issue. Um, And you, I do agree with you both. Some characters had such good, like, chances to be a moment, like with, like, Lexi. But then after the play, she's just gone. And it's like, well, no, she created this whole big event and, like, poof. Like, not even really visible anymore. So, I will say they kind of... I feel like there were such good story moments in season two... But they did drop the ball a lot, so I would. That's why I would end up giving it a C. Pigmentography, really beautiful, especially the episode where Brew is on the run. That was amazingly well done, and but other than that, I think they need to do more. Mm-hmm. They need to focus more on the writing than the visual of the show, and I think they lost that a lot. In this, I never watched the special, so I can't say anything to that. But from season one to season two, they definitely lost the writing ability. But the visual, it it was, it did get better. So I think they just need to do more when they come to their characters. Yeah. Well, with that being said, we will see. Well, what do you guys what think happens about in Euphoria season, season two? Comment below. Yes. Let us know. We'll see what happens in season three. I mean, who knows what's going to happen between now and 2024. I hope everyone will still be corona- okay. Like, that's a long time. Like, how many... <laughs> If coronavirus happened between 2019 and now, it's like, what's going to happen? I I was reading a book that had the summer of 2020 in it. And I was reading and I was waiting for something of the pandemic to hit or something to mention. Never mentioned. The book was released in 2018. (laughs) They predicted 2020 summer to be normal. And I was waiting for all this stuff when I was reading this book. And I was like, wait a minute. This You're is like, what they when was this thought. Book written? This <laughs> is what they thought was going to be 2020. Yeah, it's trippy. Man. I just, Life you know, trippy. I'm, I'm, I'm so just ready for uh, the next season for Euphoria, though, because I'm really interested to see where this goes from here. Like, uh, especially, especially the Fez ashtray thing. I know we didn't really talk about that either, but uh, I'm curious to see how that's gonna. What's that? What that's going to affect? Also, big shout out to Chloe Cherry. Um, I feel like she'd be overlooked. She plays Faye. Um, a lot of people probably overlook her because, uh, yo, know, that's the thing. Sydney Sweeney's complaining about uh, her stuff, rightfully so. Um, but at the same time, uh, Chloe Cherry is also it's like because Chloe Cherry, for those who don't know, is an adult film actress. That's where she came from before. This is her first like theatrical, like or her first big role in like something that isn't adult uh, film. So needless to say, like, A, good on you. Glad you <laughs> like you're moving up in your, your career, but also like give her her props. I think she does a great job as Faye as well. 
Well, with that being said, Jerome, where can we follow you? Uh, you can find you. me at not Jerome Rhett on Instagram as well as at RoboZoo Media and at Jerome underscore the underscore show um, for all the other artistic things and creative stuff I do outside of this podcast. Uh, and also, if you want to follow us and see more of us, uh, you can follow us again at uh, The First Ones to Die on all social medias, but more specifically at the YouTube channel. Go check it out. There's all types of content up there, gaming stuff, vlog videos. Uh, we just put up our year in review uh, for year one of The First Ones to Die. So if you want to see some highlights from our podcast from year one, which was last year, check that out um, as well. But we also have mini reviews, book reviews, all types of stuff and filmed versions of all of our podcasts. So if you want to see all of our beautiful faces, tune on over there. Yes. Uh, you can find me. Oh, you just keep going, I guess. Um, at Alex and Nobody on Instagram and on TikTok. And on TikTok, you can also find the First Ones to Die podcast, where I post little bits of the visuals or the video that you'll see on YouTube and other little fun things we do. Um, the First Ones to Die is also where you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, our email, first ones to die at gmail.com, where you can email us, send us suggestions about what you think we should talk about, or any ideas that you may want us to discuss, or, you know, find out how Jonathan does his black magic of skipping, of stopping in the middle of episodes. <laughs> I'm still not okay with that, man. We've been friends for like years, and I never knew that about you. Um, so give us a shout, or, you know, send us a link. We're always happy to look at stuff. What about you, Jonathan? Where are we finding you? Yes, you can find me at Jonathan Keys on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you please. Um, next week, I don't know what we talk about next week, but we're going to be here for something. That's all right. right. You bet your darn apples. All right. No, we're talking so, about, aren't we talking about what, what do you think we're talking about? What? The, the Batman. Horn. Yeah. The Batman. Oh, are we? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Next week. It's already out now, but we you don't have to wait a whole week, audience, for our review. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be drinking. You're making me talk about the Batman. I'll see what your <laughs> issue is with Batman. I have a lot of issues with Batman, and you and we'll know what my them. issues are with my Batman. You know my issues. We'll get into them next week. Brace yourselves, ladies and gentlemen. All right. With all of that, we hope you enjoyed our Euphoria review, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Bye. Bye.